You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. Good afternoon, everyone. 3.34 on a Monday afternoon. Appreciate your company. Welcome to the show. Kimbo and the Roots with you for the next two hours. And I tell you what, there's quite a bit to chat about today. We are live from Studio Lumo SA, all thanks to our wonderful friends at Balfour's and Hyundai. Let's welcome the Roots. Party people! Roach, here he is. Roach, here he is. Yes, a big shout out to all the party people from one of the biggest rages in the world, the Roach. Hello, Roachie Roach. Don't say that. That's not true at all. That's a myth. No, (laughs) it's a myth, Kim. Hello. I I don't think it's even a myth, Roach. I don't think anyone envisages you being at a rage party. No. Not at all. Not in the mosh pit. Nothing no. like that at all. Have you ever been in a mosh pit? I wouldn't even consider it, let alone try to even imagine it. I was hosting the Kangaroo Island Cup many years ago, back when oh, I was doing mixed breakfast. Goodness. They had a big street party and a live band yes. and a mosh pit. And all of a sudden, this group of guys who were up and about yes. just grabbed me like I was a feather and they just started throwing me around the dance floor. It was the most wonderful feeling ever. Oh, very nice. It was very good. A little bit dangerous, eh? All right, we digress. Hey, um, did you have a good weekend? What, busy one? A lot of sport on. Heck of a lot of sport on. Did you do anything socially? Uh, No, I didn't. Seriously, I didn't. I did a bit of work, a bit of... I didn't doubt it, Roach. I didn't didn't question it. No, I was busy doing sport. I watched a lot of sport as well because there's plenty to watch at the moment. I hosted a race day for the Romeo Retail Group. Down on Cox Plate Day. Right. A wonderful race that was. The yeah. greatest two minutes in sport, many say. And what, it was, would, what? what else would we have in the field? Best two minutes of sport. Well, that's a genuine saying. Uh, yeah. that, uh, it said might be an industry saying, but uh, many sporting mm, okay. people regard it as the best two minutes in sport. Did you do a sweepstake at the event? No, we didn't, no, Roach. We okay. let people do their own thing. But right. uh, the favourite Animo won it from the mm-hmm. coming stable, and it's a wonderful horse. All right, coming up today, we've got plenty to get through, Roach. At four o'clock, he's finally returned a phone call. Last time we had him on the show was three years ago. Good friend of ours, too. Three years? I think it is. I think it is. Time does fly, doesn't it? Yeah, did a game over in Perth with him. David King is joining us from Fox Footy to talk about the appointment of Ross Lyon. Well, we knew it was coming, didn't we? Yeah, it happened at one o'clock today. We weren't surprised. No. Now we await to see the team he builds around him. And then to see the results, because he takes over 
St Kilda in a different position than the one he had the first time round, doesn't he? Definitely. Mm. Four-year four deal. We'll flesh that out very shortly. We'll hear from Ross and all associated with that decision. At 4.35, we're going to talk cricket, the ICC World Cup well and truly underway. They're saying last night's game at the MCG, 90,000 fans there between India and Pakistan, the greatest T20 game ever. And when Dave Grohl joins us, at what time's Dave Grohl coming on? At uh, 4.35, Rich, something I said 20 seconds ago. Yes. Well, <laughs> listening to his uh, review with Jared Waitley and Chuck Berry, yes. after the, because uh, they do a, a video for our Twitter account, his remarks about seeing, because this is something you don't see on the subcontinent, but when you get India and Pakistan fans together, as mm. they did at the MCG, it was a great sight, a great sight. The noise, Kim. And a little bit of controversy as well. well there's always catches. controversy in cricket. Weren't they catches? So the man we call Dave Grohl, because he's a Dave Grohl lookalike yes. from the Fooies, Barat. the Foo Fighters, Barat Sundarasan, will join us. And Roach. Oh, no, hang on. You're not getting away with it that easy. You put the curse on the Aussies. I did. And they completely, completely collapsed against New Zealand. In the Thursday night, in our Thursday forecast... Why couldn't you be picked on someone else? I felt it in my bones, Roach. Really? Yeah, I did. 89 uh, run flogging. So they've got to win every game now. Yeah. They're through. So next one's in Perth. We'll talk to Barat about that. Uh, Some great footy on the weekend in the AFLW as well at 5 o'clock. And controversy. Yeah, a little bit uh, in your game, Roach. Or is it? (laughs) Yeah, well, the AFL's determined that the goal umpire and the field umpire made the correct decision in saying that the ball that was kicked by Gemma Houghton mm-hmm. to win the game for Port Adelaide hit the post, but we can't find any video, not even the behind-the-goal video that Rich, confirms it. you were sitting on your couch seven, 700 k's away, <laughs> and you're trying to make a controversy out of this one. Well, it's a really what, poor, what it's a poor, it? it's a poor angle. I, it was very hard to tell. Hard tell. I thought... Just watching it, I thought, oh, that's got over the back. It's gone through. Well, we saw a gap between post and ball, didn't we? Well, well, I was nearly we going to say the BS, Rich. How could you tell from that? Well, again, this comes down to the old issue about what camera angles you get. Yeah. Look, just watching it, I thought, oh, that's, that's sort of cleared the pack. That's That's gone yeah. through inside yeah, the goal post. But I could not tell. I agree with you. At all. Anyway, the AFL's confirmed. Mm. The decision by the goal umpire and the field umpire who were there on the mm. spot has hit the post. And the reason it's a big deal is um, the Port Girls lost by two points, so mm. that would have mean a, meant a four-point victory. But there wasn't a lot of um, gesticulation or questioning of the rule at the time, and there were the decision, and there were two umpires there. The Port Girls celebrated in the goal square, but that was mm. that. Uh, Neve Kelly will join us. Now, Neve has been recruited from the West Coast Eagles, uh, an Irish girl, uh, all 27 years of age, Irish woman. Uh, gives a little bit of leg speed to Adelaide. Now, she was the young lady, Roach, in round two, I think, that desperately applied yes. a tackle to save a game and dislocated yep. her shoulder. She kicked the winning goal in a great game Friday night when the Crows defeated the Cats by two points. So, Neve will be joining us. And I've got to tell you, Roach... We'll probably touch on it later. Mm. Her name is Neve Kelly, but Neve is spelt N-I-A-M-H. Yes. Gaelic spelling yeah. of her name. Now, you have done your crystal ball. Last week you said Adelaide will finish third, and they probably will. But if you were to do rankings, not just positions on the table as to who's the front runner, Brisbane, still number one, yes. correct? Yep. Melbourne, two? Mm, mm. Line ball with okay. Adelaide. All right. Yep. 
Uh, without Chelsea Randall, maybe mm, Melbourne. Maybe not. Yep. Yep. And the interesting one will be who gets fourth spot. Will it be Collingwood or will it be Richmond? There's, Richmond's flying. Well, there's a lot of sides that are really improved, Rich. We'll touch on this shortly. We want to get into Rossi. But um, Collingwood have just slowed up a little bit, but they're still at seven and two, and they're sitting in fifth place. North Melbourne's a good side. You've got yep. the Cats, you've got Bulldogs. And uh, hopeful are the Gold Coast of sneaking in. Uh, I don't yeah. think it's going to happen, though. So I Still think the a bit eight... of doubt about where these finals are going to be played, Kim? Uh, I heard on Friday, I always get Mark Evans and... Greg Swan. Uh, Greg Swan. Greg Swan from Brisbane believes that... Uh, <laughs> yes, the Gabba. The Gabba, Has yeah. he spoken to the curator? Because remember, the curator kicked them off last time. Well, he did, but they're going to get a far bigger crowd than what they'll get for a Sheffield oh, Shield crowd. So yeah. they are hopeful... Oh, that they'll be played there. This would be this would be some achievement if they beat the curator at the Gabba. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's like. jump into it. Reach, yes. reach, reach. It's uh, 3.41. We're live and interactive. If you've got a text, an opinion, send it through. 0427 154 166. We need to do a quick couple around the grounds before we get into Ross Lyon. Yes. There was a significant announcement from the Adelaide Crows today. This is huge. Two years ago, we interviewed Alan Stewart, who I regard as one of the wisest men in football. Yep. We talked about the rebuild at Adelaide, and I asked him if he was still in a position of power at Adelaide, what would be the things on his whiteboard? One of them was, as soon as Shane Edwards retires at Richmond, which he has done after 303 games, it would be an immediate phone call, we have a job for you. And even before he retires, I'd be ringing him, Alan Stewart said. Well, he has actually seen his wish answered by the current administration at Adelaide because Shane Edwards will be an Indigenous player development manager at Adelaide and part of the recruiting team at Adelaide. Now, he's been involved with recruiting for the past three or four seasons at Richmond. Yep. So to doing his, an apprenticeship. A lot of his uh, resume beyond, you know, the 303 games, the premierships, the All-Australian, the first Indigenous Richmond player to reach 300 game miles, that's great on his resume and you, you applaud everything he's achieved. But the stuff that you hear about his readiness and his capabilities in a football admin, football department, tells you Adelaide's made a great gain here. Yeah, Alan Stewart would be, if he could get champagne bottles because of his health and all that, he would be popping corks everywhere. Well, can, Finally, this one he, is happening. He can buy the grog for other people, Roach. We'll okay. knock it, we'll knock it off. Uh, so that's a big tick for the Adelaide Huge. Crows. You can have your say on that. Send us a text or give us a call. I said we're having a chat to an Irish woman after 5 o'clock, Neve Kelly. There was good news for an Irish man today. Well, Zach Tui, who has certainly made the right move in joining Geelong, gets a one-year contract extension, 32 years of age. He has finished this season past one that's just been played on his 250th game milestone. In but I have an issue final. with this now. Do you? Yes, because he's going to need to retire mid-season. Oh. Well, Zach Tui's got 250. The most AFL games by an Irishman is Jim Steins, the late Jimmy, mm -hmm. at 264. Now, this is like Bradman. You can't go past Bradman's record, even though they did in the end. Remember Tubby well, Taylor? Tubby Taylor, he retired said, on the same figure. Can't do, yeah. can't go past Bradman. So... On his 13th game at Geelong, Zach Tui either retires or becomes an Australian citizen. No, you've been on the grapper. <laughs> well, I don't no, want Jim Steins to lose his place. The records are made to be broken. I understand that, but it's Jim Steins. He's a great ambassador for the game. It's Jimmy Steins. Yep. So if there's, they're 13 and zip and going into another final <laughs> series, hang up the boot, you're a... You're a you're well, become an Australian. Do a Mason Cox. Go get yourself naturalised as an Australian. We won't say you're Irish anymore. 
We're going to get you married, Rich, or something. You're, you're getting well, I'm too just ob- trying to protect Jim Stein's status. In you're the too game. obscure. Hey, a Texas come through. Big breaking news. Yes. Uh, Ross Lyon has been sacked. Oh uh, no! Boom, no, boom. No, very, no. very, very funny. Um, all right, let's get into Rossi Lyon. We've given you the updates of what's happening around the place. We'll talk about the 36ers as well a little bit later. But uh, Ross Lyon was officially appointed as St Kilda captain today. Captain? Oh, coach. Captain? Yeah, he's playing wow. a game. You heard it first here. <laughs> wow. Shut up. Um, <laughs> he opened uh, with a statism. Oh, no, no, with a statement. Right. It goes for a minute 56. Uh, let's hear his opening statement. It's a privilege to be back as senior coach at the St Kilda Football Club. Uh, once this opportunity started to open up, I reflected on the special bonds and friendships I have with past players and staff that I've maintained since 2007 and my departure. I presented to the board and I got very emotional. When I left, I, I dropped an iron curtain. And when I when I spoke about that moment and and how I felt about St Kilda, I, I did get very, very emotional and it sort of unleashed a lot of memories. There was a lot of highs and a lot of lows, but it sort of really validated how I felt about the club, if there was any doubt. Um, We all know, and I look around the room, it's quite daunting, but AFL coaching is incredibly challenging. It takes you to places sometimes men or women shouldn't go, but I'm really up for the fight. I feel like I'm ready to take the emotional risk to give everything without any guarantee. And that guarantees you your best chance. And that's exactly the message to my players. So I certainly needed to be in that headspace, which then drives your work ethic and your desire and your willpower to, to deliver and work hard. Um, this has been no certainty. It's been a challenging week for both parties. Um, it's been challenging in the right way. We've gone through philosophies, vision for the club, um, what you see the important pillars are. And at the end of it, I come out with really strong trust with Andrew and Simon and, and Jeff Walsh, in particular, his appointment was critical in me actually getting across the line because that then delivers the four pillars that you need for success, which is a strong president, CEO, experienced football GM in Jeff Walsh, which is that. And, and I think I'm clearly the last piece in that. Um, so I, I'm happy to take questions, but that's in a nutshell. Oh, there's some interesting pieces that he still needs to resolve there at St Kilda, his coaching staff, what will be his recruiting staff. We heard where Grant Thomas certainly made it very clear that that needs to be done. Our own Matt Rendell's noted what St Kilda needs because they're in that no-man zone, Kim. They're finishing 9th, 10th, 11th. They're not going to bottom out, are they? Ross is not going to go backwards before he goes forwards. He needs to get results. I don't think he can afford to. He's only got four years, which yeah. is a a healthy term. Yeah. Sometimes you may have to take a step backwards to go forwards, but uh, it wouldn't want to be a significant one. He played the uh, the uh, the old uh, I'm a good guy card too, went for the, uh, the emotional side of it. <laughs> so if he wasn't the certainty, as he said, who was second in line? Well, let's just go through it chronologically. As the uh, mm. questions were presented to Ross, he was asked uh, when he was first approached. Well, two things. Andrew contacted me after the Thursday night, which he spoke to, post the review. Um, for a long time, there's been St Kilda. Even when I was coaching at Fremantle, there was all that noise about me coming back to St Kilda. There's a lot of influential families around St Kilda that I do have relationships with that always spoke about the romance. It was never on my radar. 
And there was one contact where I said, let's make this very clear. I'll never, because I did learn. Did I make mistakes? No, I think I was walked into something that really was unpalatable in the end for all parties. So it was very clear that I would enter no discussions. And the words I use are a bit stronger than that, why you had a senior coach. And, and at that time, and that was a long period ago, that I, I emotionally, the, the percentage chance of me coaching again was because I was very satisfied in the commercial world and, and really enjoying the media and the, and the team within that media and property. So, um, yeah, I, I sit here really clear and I think you can probe and all those things, but that should make it really clear from my end where I sat. All right, the obvious follow-up question was what changed his mind to return to coaching? And look, I hate to use the name, but I'm going to use it because he's got the most credential in the AFL, which is Lee Matthews. He rang me during the week, out of the blue, unsolicited, and he just, how are you? And he understands it. And I said, you know, shared a little bit. And he said, you don't wake up one day and think, I want to coach AFL football. Because when you've been through it, you know the highs and you know the lows, you know the challenges, you know the hot seat you're in and you know the expectation. You actually need to be taken along a journey with the people that want to employ you and convince you that all the pillars are there so then you'll take that emotional risk. And, and that's really what happened with me, to be truthful. All righty, we'll go to a break. There's still plenty of Ross to go. Uh, the big question, will he be different this time around? He answers that one. Uh, he has a message for the members. Simon Lethleen. Mm. The football manager, the footy boss, was chief asked executive to, now. Yeah, well, was asked a curly one about Ross's past and um, and alleged. George Ross can't answer because of a confidentiality agreement, but yeah. it was important that St Kilda dealt with the issue of Ross's past at Fremantle. Yeah, an alleged harassment uh, settlement yep. situation, and we'll also hear from the president. That's all coming up next. We're live and interactive. Plenty of texts coming through. We'll get to those as quickly as we can. We're here thanks to Balfour's. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the others. Balfour's are for the game. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 56, thank you for your company to run home. Thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. And the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, it is in stock now. David King coming up at 4 o'clock to talk about the appointment of Rossi Lyon, Barat Sundarasan to talk cricket, and Neve Kelly from the Adelaide Crows AFLW program, the Irish woman, looking forward to chatting to her. All right, let's go back to the press conference after the announcement today. Ross Lyon was asked if he thinks he'll be different as a coach this time around. Yeah, well, look, at risk of repeating myself, I want to put blank canvas, people, bring people on the journey, be in the weeds less, rely on people, you know, build the... Look, I always had strong relationships. I think that what I was behind closed doors, I think I've got more capacity to show you guys on the other side. To be honest, I dropped the curtain. I was very protective of my players in the club, and, and that, you know... Some, look, I don't regret that, but... I think you can see the other side a bit more. The softer side, the bit that we've seen as a Channel 9 and Triple M commentator route. Beyond that, every coach ultimately decides how he wants his team to play. Whether he's got the players to play it or not, he's got a game plan. We have a definition of Ross being a defensive coach. Do you see that 
continuing, Kim? Or do you see a different style? Oh, I think you're definitely more attacking. You have to be nowadays with yep. the rule changes that have been implemented since he last coached. Yep. Roach, you touched on this when his name was being thrown around for the by the Carlton Football Club, and one of the reasons that didn't progress was become a, some because of some of the alleged past history that Ross had been involved in. There was a harassment settlement. I think that's the correct way to... Probably, yeah. Uh, a confidential agreement doesn't allow Ross to speak, but it certainly was an issue that had to be brought up at St Kilda because it stopped Collingwood, it stopped Carlton, but it certainly didn't stop St Kilda from pushing ahead with Ross Long. And by all reports, North Melbourne were comfortable going ahead with Ross if Alistair Clarkson mm, had said no. Simon Lethleen, the new CEO, was asked about these ex- accusations and the, the settlement. Oh, Ross and I had lots of conversations about lots of stuff. I mean, we've got full trust and faith in Ross, support his family. The AFL looking at that matter at the time and, and we're quite comfortable as well. So we go forward with strong faith and trust in Ross and look forward to working with him. And they weren't going to say anything different from that, but no. uh, the journos that were there, uh, they did need to ask that question. I haven't heard the answer to this one. Uh, this is a, a good question. I'm not sure what the answer is. But President Andrew Bassett was asked if they would have sacked Brett Ratton if Ross Lyon was not available. Look, yeah, it's a, it's a fair question. But the truth is that we really felt that the we really put our mind in this Brett going to take us forward as a coach, and we really try to isolate the two decisions. And yeah, I think unfortunately it just brought the right call for the football club as hard as it was. Um, we did the work, we spent the time in terms of what we needed, and it was nothing to do with Brett's character at all. It was nothing to do with Brett's desire to change to be the best coach he could be. He threw his heart and soul into it. We just didn't feel he was the right fit for what we needed going forward. It wouldn't be fair to Brett or our football club to go ahead and therefore the right thing to do on behalf of the club was heartbreak as well to make the change. So I think that we were independent decisions, yes. And, Roach, I believe that Brett Ratton, even two weeks after the announcement and being told the news, is still in a total spin and disbelief as to what's happened. Yeah, well, I can tell you that firsthand. You've spoken he, to yeah, him? Yeah, he's yep. still trying to work through it. But nothing... Nothing's going to change. That's a mm. decision being made. He, he needs to work out the whys, but that's not going to change anything. Now, we've seen two really bad moments for coaches this year. Ben Rutten, that was terrible, particularly yep. when you then get Dodgy. your fingers on the review, which says the issue wasn't the coach, but a lot of other things at Essendon. So Ben Rutten was poorly treated. And Brett Ratton's in the same mould. Now, just for absolute clarity, uh, the president, Andrew Bassett, was asked if anyone else was interviewed for the job. Uh, we, look, we checked. We don't want to get into details in relation to other coaches. I mean, there were contingencies if Ross didn't work out, but no, no one else was interviewed, correct? Wow. The contingency mm-hmm. would have been Luke Beveridge that we touched on yep. a week no or doubt. so ago, a couple of weeks ago. Then where would you go? If I was, as I said last week, if I was Adam Uze, I'd say get stuffed. Yeah, well, if would they, they wanted, had to go if, to a Don Pike? Well, they would have wanted someone of their own cloth, so to speak. Mm. So that's why it makes Luke Beveridge the instant sort of phone call yeah. you make. Not much after that, Kim, unless you look at a Robert Harvey, but he doesn't have he doesn't have senior AFL experience, but he does have a lot of experience under. He does, but I think it would have been same, same as uh, Brett Ratton. So anyway, they knew they had their man as to when they knew that. Do you you genuinely believe they didn't think of Ross until they made the decision on Brett? Not going to call anyone a liar, Rich. What I'm going to do is... What's your gut feel on that? My gut feel is that we'll go to the news because then you can ask that question to David King and he he can hang himself because Kingy's coming up next. (laughs) 
Three minutes past four on a beautiful Monday afternoon. Kimbo on the Reach with you. We're live from Studio Lumo SA. Thanks to our great friends at Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. Just a reminder, coming up, uh, Barat Sundarasan to talk a little bit of cricket at 4.35. And Neve Kelly from the AFLW Crows lineup kicked the winning goal last Friday night. But talking of friends, Roach... I'm not sure if our next guest is. We've been trying to get him back on. He hasn't been on for three years. I we love him, him dearly. Friend. I call him We miss friend. him. Yeah, you're a soft touch and you don't have many friends, so you take them all. David King from Fox Footy joins us now. Hello, Kingy. <laughs> G'day, boys. How are we? Long time no chat, Kingy. Well, speak for yourself. Yeah, there's been a lot going on, hasn't there? There's, uh, you blokes are too busy. You just you drop off real quick. You were mates once upon a time and... You turn, you, you've just turned on me. Don't call me anymore. I've missed you. Oh, now, King. <laughs> Come on. Hey, we appreciate you jumping on. There's a bit hanging. You're right at the coalface. Uh, no one really surprised about the announcement today of Rossi Lyon. Firstly, what do you think about the appointment as he, in terms of him coaching again? Well, I think it's the right call. I think that as soon as the St Kilda hierarchy felt that Brett Ratton wasn't the man to take him to that next premiership, they, they made a brutal uh, call, but probably the right call. I mean, they've got a guy that I think has been one of the best coaches in the AFL uh, across the last two decades. We know what he stands for. We know what, what he, he expects from his players, uh, whether they be stars or role players, mm-hmm. whether they be developing or, or, or leadership material. And I think it's exciting for St Kilda fans to, to, to now have some consistency uh, of application week to week. Um, and I think you'll see St Kilda's fortunes turn over the next two to three years. So, David, how does he do this, Ross Lyon? It's the second time around and the group is very, very different to the one where he had outstanding players when you have a Nick Revolt and company in that original squad he had that gets to a grand final and draws. How does he do it the second time around? Well, it's not going to be easy. It never is. I think what your first decision, Roots, is, is not not to try and marry up too much of the talent just just at the minute. Yeah. Um, if if all talent at each club was exactly the same, so we had eighteen groups of players mm. that were exactly identical, where would Ross Lyon be taken in selecting one to eighteen coaches? You know, where would you take him? Would you take Chris Scott first? Would you take Alistair Clarkson after that? Would you? Where would Ross Lyon be in your pecking order? Well, on his if record, all talent he, was even on his record at the moment, he'd probably be fourth. Yeah, well, be, I mean, this this is why I think St Kilda have done the right thing. The, the, the man sitting on the sidelines, clearly, we know his credentials, mm-hmm. um, and I think that the talent, the talent challenge now for St Kilda is to, is to arm him better than they did Brett Ratton, and that's 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 a problem that they haven't solved necessarily today. But I think a good structure. A simplified plan, discipline, uh, role players, everyone knowing what needs to, to happen. You get that consistency of effort. Uh, you get you get not in-game consistency, but you get week-to-week consistency. And at least then you get to see what this talent can do. I still don't think we've seen the best of St Kilda's talent at the moment, but they're, they're well short of what I would say is a premiership credentialed list. But that's their challenge over the next 12 to 24 months. Now, Rossi's name has come up with Carlton Essendon and Collingwood. And uh, if you believe the noise, um, his reputation had been somewhat tarnished by an alleged harassment settlement. And there's a confidentiality agreement. Uh, Simon Lethleen was asked about that today. You're in Melbourne. Is, is that true that Carlton weren't interested because of what allegedly has or hasn't happened with Ross? Um, well, we don't... To, 
I'm speaking without the, the full information, really, and I don't think any of us have got the full information. I think all you do is every coach is not for every club. You know, mm. what, what are you seeking? What are you looking for? They've got a great relationship, St Kilda and Ross Lyon. The people in, in, in the, the, the offices of power there know Ross you know, over the last 15 to 20 years. We know who he is. Okay, it's not for Carlton. That's their choice, and they'd be more than happy to be where they are right now with Michael Voss steering the ship there. But, you know, I, I just keep coming back to, to knowing what you're going to get from Ross Lyon. These are big businesses. They're turning over $60, 70 $80 million a year. You need to make sure that the guy in the pilot seat is taking you to the promised land. Are you talking of guys being in the pilot seat, Brad Scott's at Essendon. And how's your relationship with him now? Did you bury the hatchet, you two, or will we see him trying to run through you on the ground again? <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I think it's fair to say we're not mates, but um, yep. I, I think that's okay. I think that, you know, I've only ever talked about uh, the game. You know, I, I, it's not necessarily personal. It's just we we don't see eye to eye in, in, in uh, the way that he sort of steered the kangaroos in the last three to four mm. years. He 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 clearly doesn't like me, and I'm I'm not really worried about that. I'm not worried by that. My, my role is to talk about performance. Um, it'll be a fascinating watch. I'm looking forward to putting my hand up to be on the boundary line uh, for that first <laughs> Essendon North Melbourne game. That'll be a, a ripper. I might have to put the mouth guard in roots. I reckon. Oh dear! And I didn't bring that up just to be a smarty pants. I, I, I bring it up <laughs> because Ross has been known to get a bit bristly and upset a lot of people over the journey when he was coach. He was quite combative at media conferences. Do you think we'll see a more mellow Ross now? I think what you, we get. See, we've, we've spent a lot of time with Ross with Fox Footy, and I'll tell you what he is. He'll grab a microphone, he'll come on, he won't give you standard answers, he'll entertain, he'll put some theatre into the to the to the sport, but then again he'll let you in behind the scenes a little bit as to what the tactics are for the day or who's under pressure or how they're going to win or what the biggest threats are. I love Ross Lyon as a media performer for our code, um, mm. but again, at the end of the day, what was the Al Davis saying? Just win, baby. I mean, nothing yeah. <laughs> rings truer than that. If you win, you're, you're, you're a star, and if you lose, you're an also win. David, St Kilda says sacking Brett Ratton, appointing Ross Lyon were independently, exclusively, mutually exclusive decisions. Can that be? Was the spectre of Ross Lyon always overhanging Brett Ratton? Um, you know what? I, I, I think they made the decision that Brett Ratton wasn't going to be the man, the guy that was going to take them to that next premiership. They're hard to win. As soon as you make that decision, you've you got to rip the Band-Aid off. Mm. As brutal as it is, he's not our man. Let's not waste one more minute uh, of each other's time. Let's just get on with it. And then you take, okay, who is the best available? And so, clearly that was Ross Lyon. So what changed in 93 days of hiring Brett Ratton onto an extended contract to then sacking him? 93 days. Yeah. Well, I was surprised. I, I, I always said that uh, they had a game plan that I thought was fraudulent. Yeah. Uh, it involved a lot of guys getting forward of the footy for them to score, which doesn't work in finals. Which has we been a knock on Brett for some time, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And, you know, when, when that's not quite right and the list is not quite good enough to, yeah. to, to deliver around the edges or cover the shortcomings, then I think all, all warts get exposed. Yeah. Um, that's, there's no shame in not being the absolute pointy-end coach in, in the AFL cycle at the moment. You throw your hat in the ring, you have a go, and if it doesn't work out, you dust yourself off and go again. 
But look, look at the coaches that have been reappointed this year. You've got Clarkson back at the Kangaroos. Brad Scott, after an absence, going to the AFL, now back uh, at Essendon. Obviously, Ross Lyon, after an absence, back. You know, who's to say that uh, Rats wouldn't get another look in? He, he has had two. Um, but they're very, very difficult jobs to get. And, and you, need, you need a couple of people, I think, behind the scenes fighting for you. And Ross clearly had that at St Kilda. All right, Kingy. So that's a tick for Ross Lyon. We're going to take advantage of having you. We love your list analysis. We've just gone through the trade period. Your top three performing clubs during the trade. And a quick comment on Port and the Crows, if they're not in the top three. Yeah, I think uh, Brisbane did really well. They're, they're a club mm. that don't want for a lot. So to get the extra midfielder in... In Dunkley, I think a massive acquisition for them. I think that they'll, you know, they'll scoop the pool there. Clearly, Port did very well. I mean, Rial, I really like him as a specialist half forward. You know, Jason Horn Francis coming home is going to be, you know, going to be a star in the future. We, we all accept that. We, we know that. Um, I was probably disappointed they didn't get Radigalia over the line. Yeah. I think that he's one that really could have, you know, played a little bit of centre half back or even ruck uh, in the way that Reece Stanley played for Geelong over the last uh, 12 months. Uh, so they they did did really well. It's sort of hard to go past Geelong. I mean, they just yeah. they just find a way to land themselves pick seven after <laughs> you know some wheeling and dealing and getting some youngsters in and Bruin and um, and and obviously uh, Bose as part of that uh, that pick seven trade. So they're just so smart that the better clubs are at the top of the tree for a reason. Uh, they're able to acquire talent and and do things. You know, just just beat you cold in negotiations. Are you okay with the salary dumps? Mm. Not really. No, mm. I don't. I don't think that that's. Uh, I've got a belief that whatever you sign your talent for at that particular time should stay on your books. So that that's that forces salary cap squeeze yep. to, to each and every football club. So if you want to purge that player, all well, that money, uh, then just just holds. You can't renegotiate. You can't you know siphon money down the road. Um, yeah. You just have to you have to acquire that player and and that as part of your cap. But we're becoming very American very quickly. David, who's going to take over from Brad Scott at AFL House and can you see them getting rid of Steve Hocking and Brad's rules to get us back to where we were? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you like the rules? Well, there's some of them we do not like, David. Well, well, and the stand rule that turns a player into a statue is... Oh, the stand oh, rule, no, surely not. I was nearly going to say, why don't you put your hand up instead of being in the media where it's all fun and no responsibility. But... <laughs> <laughs> the I'm not going to take the pay cut. You would have hated <laughs> the stand rule, David. It, it turns you into a statue. Yeah, it's terrible. I like the stand rule. Because why? It, it, um, because it, it, it takes away the first point of defence. So we, we, have to take, we have to put attack back to the forefront of our competition and allow flow in the game. The You're game has never flowed as much as what it has right now for the last 10 to 12 years. You would have never have coped with the stand rule. No, terrible. No, I, I can't stand still as it is, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I just think but I think it was a, a, a great way, and, and whilst it looks a little bit silly and we're still adjusting to it, really, we, we, we come out with this absolute zero tolerance there at the start, which was overs. They relaxed it a little bit as the, as the year went on. I think they got a really good balance towards the back half of the year and, and players adjusted and clubs adjusted. 
Um, give, give it a chance. Just give it a little bit of a chance. I thought we had a, a great season and a great final series. It's not all doom and gloom, boys. No, it's not. But there was about as much logic to that rule as the dissent interpretations <laughs> early in the year. They were bloody ridiculous. You're going well till the last minute and a half, so we're going to cut you <laughs> off now, Kingy. Hey, David, thank you for jumping on. We do appreciate it. We know how busy you are, and hopefully we can chat again. Give us a yell whenever you like, boys. Great to hear Thanks, from you. Keep that recording, David King. He's an absolute he ripper from Fox Footy. Well, I can't believe that, Rich. We should have cut him off. That was a classic example of one question too many. Uh, significant day, I'm though. Glad I asked, though. Yeah, so am I. Significant day for the St Kilda Footy Club. Yep. So they've been waiting way too long, 1966. So we hope everything mm. goes well for let's them. Let's see. All right, let's go to a break. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. Nearly 4.21, we're live from Studio Lumo SA. Good chat with David King, I enjoyed that. You don't have to agree with everyone, that's the beauty of our sport, Rooch. Chris from Wall Bay doesn't agree. He's sent through a text. He said, read the stand rule. It only works if the kicker is made to be over the mark. It was poorly enforced. It's a lot of it that's poorly enforced. I agree. I don't, I don't like it. It's akin to cheating. So what you do next, you take a mark 45 out and you might as well say, oh, we're going to bring you in five metres closer because we want more goals scored. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly. Roach, yes. last Thursday, because we're Monday to Thursday now, until we go on hollies on December the 1st, the Sydney Kings owner, Paul Smith, he's a larger-than-life character, yes, isn't he? he is and which indeed. is good. A lot of this like was tongue-in-cheek. Yes. Yeah, cheek. Um, he was uh, really having a crack at uh, the Adelaide 36ers. So he led with the lip. What happened to his lip by the end of the game with the Sixers? Well, let's go back to what he actually said about the Adelaide 36ers the day before taking on the Sydney Kings. These Adelaide 36 mate, they dead set think they're the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> they are talking themselves up so hard. Look, we're scared. They're, we're, look, I can assure you, we're frightened. We can't sleep. I can't sleep. I'm that nervous. And I'm glad we're, we're seeing them recover a little bit from their trip to the States because I'd hate to have played them and kicked their, kicked their asses. <laughs> so in case you didn't hear what happened on Friday night, uh, playing away, the Adelaide 36ers got up by four points. And uh, Paul Smith ends up with a bit of googie egg on his face. What will he say when the rematch is on? Just say nothing, will he? Well, that, that'll be here. Yeah, but will they'll he say rate? anything. Well, no, I think he'll pat up again. He's a very confident gentleman. Well, I know Grant Kelly won't say anything. No, we'll just take the high road and yeah. hopefully we'll get a damn big crowd. Hope you're just right. quickly talking of big crowds, if you want to go and watch the 36s, they're up and about after dropping the first game of the season uh, to the Jack Jumpers. Uh, this Friday night at the Entertainment Centre. The Sixers take on the New Zealand Breakers. Get there if you can. It is a great night's entertainment. We have to go to another break. Roach, uh, just a reminder, Barat Sundarasan to talk cricket after 4.30. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roach. Nearly 4.28, we're here thanks to Balfour's. No matter your club's colours, Balfour's are for the game. We'll get to some of your texts very, very shortly. Bharat Sundarasan, uh, we'll do him around 4.50 now. He's just landed. He's sitting in the plane on a tarmac. Oh. After five, we're having a chat to Neve Kelly, Adelaide Crows AFLW recruit from the West Coast Eagles, but originally from Ireland and has a very 
thick Irish accent. Hey, there's a cricket game going on, Reach. There's cricket games everywhere. We've got one at Karen Rolton Oval. The Strikers are taking on the Renegades in the WBBL. Yeah, I, I would dare say the Strikers are glad they won the toss and decided to bowl first. Because if you went past Karen Rolton yesterday, they had the covers on. It would have been a bit of sweat with mm. all the conditions there were. Great decision. Melbourne was four for 22. Finishes at 101 with one ball to spare. J- Amanda Jade Wellington, five for eight. Not nice figures. Five for eight, Kim. You'll take that. Wow. So, so we're in the break? In the break. So it'd be interesting what that deck does for Melbourne against the Strikers. But 101 is the chase. They've got the runs on the board. As they say, they count a lot when they're on the board. If you're uh, knocking off work and you go home that way, pop down there and have a look. It might be very entertaining. Let's hope the girls get the points there. Stack of text coming through, Roach. Uh, This one's from Blake, our good friend. What have I done now? Blake, No, it's me. It's me this time. Hi, Kimbo and Roach. Contrary to whatever Kimbo might have heard at a recent Roo barbecue, well, that's a fallacy, Blake. Surely the Crows are building the points required to nab Max Michelani as a father-son at the draft after their pick-swapping trade lodged last week. That's from Blakey Boy. Blake, when I came back from the Melbourne Grand Final, I said categorically the Crows were not interested, and this was not from Mark Rusciuto, were not interested in Caleb Poulter, not because they don't think he has ability. The same applied to Jack Graham. And I did say there's still no absolute guarantee they'll have enough points to get Max Michelani. But it looks like they will. They wanted him. So a little play on words there, Blakey. You're being a little bit mischievous. Um, We need to get Bretton Phillips or whoever is in that field at the sample at the moment to tell us about Jim's son and what he has as his qualities. And we also need to find out, is there going to be a counter bid? Because it might not be relevant in the sense well, that they've nominated. We're organising to have Stixie on later this week. So there you go. All right. Uh, text coming through here. G'day, boys. Just tuned in. Have you talked about Gemma Houghton's goal that got hit, uh, that hit the poats, which clearly didn't? Sean from Craigmore. We have, Sean We've had a look at it. We looked at the different angle, which is inconclusive. Can't see anything. The AFL have investigated it and they said they are satisfied it hit the post. We couldn't tell from where we were. Appreciate that, though, Sean. All right, we'll take a break. Um, This is interesting, Rooch, as if we're not over this, but uh, Safe Work SA have come out and made some comments about the Crows training camp and how they were quoted or misquoted. Well, bear in mind there was a... We're going to do that, Rooch. Well, well, we're going to the news, aren't we? All right, concentrate. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. and a beautiful Monday afternoon. We're here thanks to Balfour's, no matter your club's colours. Balfour's are for the game and we're live from Studio Lumo SA. We'll be talking cricket in about 10, 15 minutes and then AFLW after five with Neve Kelly from the Adelaide Crows. Here's the story that keeps on giving they roots. It looks like the uh, Adelaide Now website are just running with a story. I will read some paragraphs from this. Regarding the Adelaide Crows and the camp, Mm. uh, it says the head of Safe Work SA has denied... 
Adelaide Football Club was cleared, inverted commas, of wrongdoing over its infamous 2018 pre-season camp with other questions heard in secret. Greens MLC Tammy Frank said the original Safe Work SA statement said there was no evidence the camp had breached the Work Health and Safety Act. However, the subsequent press releases from the Adelaide Football Club and Collective Mind say they had been cleared of wrongdoing. Asked whether he agreed with the statements, Mr Campbell said, those are not my words, I don't use the words cleared. I would love nothing better than for people to quote me directly, but that rarely happens, and when they change my words, they never change them back. So is that semantics, or is there more to be heard, or is that Workplace SA covering their backside? No, if I could have my say on it. It's again, again, the Adelaide Football Club's media department not accurately reporting what is being done by an outside authority. They did this with the famous Kyle Cheney, Daniel Talia moment when that was uh, investigated by the AFL and clearly they've used the wrong words here. No pun there intended, clearly. They've used the wrong <laughs> words in their own press release and, and I take what Mr Campbell says there that I would love nothing better than for people to quote me directly. Clearly he's been wrongly quoted by Adelaide's press release at the time and all the things that came from I it. didn't read that it was inconclusive, though, their report. Uh, well, I'm getting some feedback from people who are covering Parliament and they're saying it's uh, an issue here of, you know, <clears throat> probably it's being described as a technical difference between clearing and not finding any evidence. Mm. Uh, just because you don't find the evidence doesn't mean you've been cleared. That's... That's the issue here. But well, there's some other interesting points on this that only three players made themselves willing uh, to be interviewed by WorkSafe yep. SA. So it's hardly... A, I, I would understand why WorkSafe would say... Or SafeWorks, sorry, SA would say they couldn't work with this simply because they just didn't have enough evidence to work through. Oh, maybe the other uh, 30 didn't have a problem, Roach. All right, or let's maybe move they on. Didn't trust the investigation. Oh, well, it's a government investigation, so they're silly people if they don't stand up. Well, you what know they how believe some in. of these people felt. They'd had their trust betrayed already. Let's move in on, Roach. Yeah. Yes. I know you like talking about it. You salivate when it comes up. Only because I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. Oh, well, are you? Rather than uh, wash it well, away. Get to the bottom of this one. Yeah. I don't think anyone's washed it away. It's been going on for bloody five years. Mm. Get to the bottom of this one. Now, I like to stay in my lane, Roach. Oh, yes. But even I was up and about when I was watching Adelaide United in the Sydney FC game. I watched that. Well, the A-League's got themselves into the classic problem the AFL did. Remember when we had contact below the knees and we would see players who would initiate the contact get the free kick, didn't we? Yep. Same thing's happened here. We've got an Adelaide United player who has made contact with the ball and cleared the ball, but then his leg continues on and makes contact with the Sydney player. No, it didn't. No, the Sydney player came over the top of him. I repeat myself again, Kim, because clearly you're not listening to what I just said. Oh, he's up and about. Right. No, but Kim, don't. I said the Adelaide player plays the ball. Yes. His foot continues on and makes contact with the Sydney player who runs into him. Correct? No, well, the Sydney player made the contact. <sighs> That's how I saw it, Roach. He, I said the Adelaide player makes contact with the yes. Sydney player who's run onto him. Yes, that is accurate, okay? No, but it's the Sydney player that made the contact. Oh, I'm going to go round in circles here. The A-League has instructed its referees if they see studs up and contact made that they are to red card. Yes. I can understand the referee making that call. The man who's on the VAR, the video-assisted referee, should have immediately looked at it and said, well, hang on, 
The Sydney player is the one who initiates the contact here. Yes, the Adelaide player does make contact with his boot. I've got no problem with that. But if you have a look at who initiates the contact, it is the Sydney player moving onto the Adelaide player's well, there boot. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Well, we're agreeing, Kim. We're just going around describing it in a different way. You're coming from that direction. I'm coming from this direction. The VAR referee should have said no red card. Simple as that. Now, why he didn't is now up for the elite referee coaching panel at, at Football Australia to go through this and say, well, the VAR referees made the mistake. But why did he make the mistake? And why is VAR continuing to make these mistakes? Because they came out very strongly at the start of the year saying any stops up and you'll be red carded. That's fine. I, I give the referee a pass on that one yep. because that's the instruction he's given. But the VAR referee look, has to look at it and say, this is just like we've seen in the AFL where we get the player who doesn't initiate the contact is the one mm. who actually gets rewarded. Why are you getting so grumpy? You've been arguing with this with Ben. We're actually agreeing here. We are agreeing. Hey, a text has come through. Smile. It's just you were not listening to me, I think. No, I was listening very clearly. You were doing it the wrong way around because it no, was, it was the said. Sydney player who created the contact. Didn't I say that? No, you didn't. Oh, Kim, I'll say it again if I have to. <laughs> Let me read this. Guys, absolutely shocking decision against Adelaide United on the weekend. A red card. Come on, we've seen worse for yellow cards. And Soccer Australia better change as soon as possible as many aren't happy. Now, that's from Tim Tam Pauly. Let's go to the incident, Roach, yep. while you calm down and breathe a little bit. Not sure why you're getting grumpy. Um, here's the incident with uh, Ibasuki. There's a massive tear in those boots. This is going to be a booking for Ibasuki. Oh, it's more than that. It's a straight red for the Reds, number nine. Is it the right decision? Let's have a look. Oh, I don't think it's a red card. Well, he wasn't the only one. Then Craig Goodwin, I'm not sure if you've heard this, Rich. He mm, was I very, heard him. Yeah, yeah, very diplomatic post-game. I thought he handled this well. And, uh, and Carl Viet as well when they were questioned about the red card. Look, I think, to be honest, with the, with the red card, it makes it really hard for us. For those decisions, we have to look at changing the rule because it's week in, week out that we're sitting here going, opposition players are going, oh, that's not a red card. And then we're seeing red cards given. If we get the ball first, we have to know. It's, we've got to look at it because it, I think it's ruining the overall game experience for the fans as well. I'm sure everyone um, that was watching the game will have this you know, very similar opinion to me. You know, that's something that we don't want in the game you know you know we're, we're trying to attract a lot of new supporters to the game and um, and i think decisions are like that that might put people off which is exactly where the afl was with contact below the knee mm. now the a-league's created its problem for itself whereby they've instructed and we've heard carl viet from the very first game where the issue was there in the wellington phoenix game that that was the instruction they were given in the pre-season that if players were to go with studs up make contact they would be red carded now who played the ball? Ibasuki. Right. Who ran onto him? The Sydney guy. That's what I was saying. Yes. That's what we've both been saying. Mm -hmm. I want to know why the VAR referee doesn't see it as contact initiated by the Sydney player. I agree. Then they showed another example where a Sydney player did something they all agreed was worse, yeah. but he actually won the football and he was not penalised. Yeah. It was interesting, though, to get all the different views. Now, Alex Brosk is a former Sydney uh, FC player and uh, also played for Australia. He was part of Channel 10's coverage. He's part of the SEN mm. team as well. This was his interpretation of the red card. 
Look, it's for me one of the worst red card decisions I've ever seen. I, I, I don't see that there's any intent there. I think for me, the VAR should have called Daniel Elder there to the sideline to have a look to see if it was as bad as what he originally thought. Yeah, and that's where the problem is. Because the referee would have seen, as we all did first up, oh, we've got a player who is sliding along the ground, has made contact with an opponent below, studs up. My instruction mm. is from headquarters, as we've seen from the very beginning, to issue a red card. Where's the VAR at this point? I agree What's with the you. point of having it if then you don't get a video-assisted referee saying, hey, we've got an issue here. Your call is needing to be reviewed here. Roach, I'm a bit nervous because you're up and about to read this one out. Yeah. All, right. All, right. All right. Stay calm because you know this person loves you. It's from Louis. Hello, Louis. G'day, Louis. He says, Kimbo, Kimbo, no wonder you guys bloody run late all the time. Roach has just spent five minutes explaining something you did in five seconds. Yes. I was trying to go through it bit by bit. I know. Uh, Interesting, though, as you know, I enjoy watching all sport. I try and stay in my lane. But I found that so confusing and disappointing. And I think with the interpretation of that rule, you are taking a really one of the very exciting facets of the game out of the game. Yeah, but at the same time, like we argued in the AFL, we understood why the rules brought in. Roach, there's never an injury. They just dive and hold their shin guards. Oh, Kim, we know the element of danger in that. All right. And there is a responsibility to remove that element of danger. I'm I'm nodding off now. Let's go to a break. Right. (laughs) A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 50. Appreciate your company and all the texts that are coming through, uh, Rooch. Uh, Louis sent you a little love letter. He says, only yeah. winding up, Rooch. You know we hurt the ones we love the most. All right. Kindly, Louis. Beautifully done. Just hugging it out. Um, trying to find another text. I've just lost it. I'll get back to that very shortly because we have our next guest waiting patiently. Oh, he's uh, there. Yes. Got off the plane. Got off the plane. Beauties. Very busy man, and he's been pleased enough to talk about, well, found the time to talk to us. T20 World Cup update, thanks to Host Plus, that's a plus. There's a bit to talk about. The Dave Grohl lookalike, Bharat Sundarasan. Hello, Bharat. Oh, what about his gear <laughs> yesterday? Oh. What, who dresses you, Bharat? He's a rock star. Uh, well, uh, I have to give some credit to the wife. Uh, she might be listening, I don't know. Uh, but I think what she does is, I'll, say, I'll put it this way, she does encourage me to be myself. Uh, there, but I also do wonder yeah. often why she never introduces me to her friends, but maybe I know why. Well, uh, now, so Kim hasn't seen you, so we need to explain this. He was wearing this. Can we describe it as a cardigan or a jumper? It was a cardigan. Cardigan. Yeah. Multicoloured. Yeah. Leveled with all sorts of colours. And his shorts. Well, you should get on the same his bus, shorts Rich. were more for, ba- for the Bahamas than the MCG. Oh, it's all right. You've got to live on the edge. I love what it. What shoes got, were you He's wearing, got a personality. Right? Roach, we've only got eight minutes, all right? Fair <laughs> dinkum. Ring him up after the show. Apologies, Barat, for that. Hey, let's get into uh, last night's game between Australia and India first, though, before we talk about the dismal performance of the Australians. Uh, mm. Dale Stain said the game was ridiculous. Michael Vaughan and Mark Waugh are saying it is the greatest T20 match in the history of T20 cricket. I think they're both right, and you might have to, uh, you know, multiply that by a few times because Ooh. it was the most extraordinary spectacle I've ever experienced. And I was, uh, you know, in a box with people who have watched, have grown up watching sport at the MCG, AFL finals, World Cup finals, and all that. 
and they said that was the greatest spectacle uh, they've ever seen. And, and there are many reasons for it. Uh, you know, just even getting to the ground yesterday, uh, I suddenly felt like I was in Mumbai because the traffic was all mm. haphazard. It didn't look like Melbourne. Uh, and even once I got to the ground, it didn't smell like Melbourne. It didn't feel like Melbourne. It almost felt like the various stadiums uh, around India and Pakistan. Had oh, all but come one big difference, though, Bharat. One big difference. You could actually have Pakistani and Indian fans together at the MCG. That is exactly where I was coming to. And, you know, and that is really what the rivalry between India and Pakistan mm. in cricket is. Because even though you call it a rivalry, it's actually a common ground. That's where these two countries come together and yeah. find that common. They forget about everything else. Yeah. You know, they yeah. forget about border issues. They forget about the wars, all of that. That's the common ground. And it was amazing to see uh, them. And, and, and I was saying this on commentary as well. When, when you hear a cheer at the MCG when India and Pakistan are playing, you can't make out which, team, which you know, part of yeah. the fans yeah. are cheering. They all sound the same. Yeah. So it was just uh, you know, quite the spectacle. Uh, and then, yeah, Virat Kohli just put on a show, produced arguably the greatest T20 innings Australia has ever seen. Yes, unbeaten on 82. Uh, just quickly, 90,000 people there. Um, who had the majority of the support, would you say? You know, historically, when these kind of matches have happened, it's been 70-30 India. But I think the Pakistanis really bucked up. I mean, there was a lot of them. So it was closer to 55-45, I would say. Many, many Pakistani flags all around. Uh, and, and like, you know, in periods of the match, because it was such a topsy-turvy game, every time Pakistan were in front, you could hear their voices. You could hear, see those flags waving. Uh, it was just something. It, 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 it's uh, an experience I think any of us who were there will never forget. We'll carry it to to our final day. It's just that special. In every great game, there's normally some type of controversy. Uh, the catch that wasn't a catch? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, tricky. And unfortunately for uh, Ashwin, I think he was standing right in front of uh, this massive Pakistani uh-huh. contingent. But again, there was such bonhomie between the fans, between the players. In any other you know, high-octane match, you would have thought that would become a controversy. It did. I mean, uh, he felt that he, he had gone straight into his hands. Uh, but replay showed it hadn't, and people just moved on from it. What about the free hit? Is that a rule that needs to be looked at after what we saw in the final over? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess so, because it's slightly ridiculous, and I think Pakistan kind of lost. They, they were anywhere panicking at that stage. Yeah. You know, once they uh, left that left-arm spinner to bowl that last over, and <laughs> it was a gamble that Babar Azam was taking, yeah. uh, you saw, and with Hardik and uh, Virat not getting out before then, uh, they just panicked, so they got it down to a good stage. And once that no ball went for six, you could see them. They, you know, their shoulders had kind of slumped, and uh, it was a bizarre scene, though. You know, bowler clean bowls uh, a, a batter, yes, yeah. albeit of a free hit. He's celebrating. The ball just rolls past uh, Shaheen Afridi at short third man, and then I think presence of mind for Virat Kohli to actually start running. Him and Dinesh Karthik as well, uh, and yeah, they take three runs off a of a, a ball that hit the yeah. thumbs. And uh, but I'm sure that rule has to be has to be looked at. Uh, you know, a lot of laws of the game haven't changed since uh, the free hit came into being. But that one in such a crucial game and such a crucial time uh, gives us enough content for that to be overlooked. Yeah. All right. There's a big elephant in our studio at the moment. Have New Zealand ended Australia's World Cup defence? Uh, they very well could have, you know. I mean, uh, uh, Gary said their coach asked his team to land uh, land the first blow. Mm. I think the, the first blow almost seemed like a knockout blow. Like Finn Allen and Devin Conway, what they did in those four overs, 
really left Australia at Atlas. They never really recovered. They pulled it back a little with the ball. Uh, but the batting was shoddy, uh, as Finch would uh, admit himself. Uh, and because of that net run rate, uh, they are in a tricky, tricky situation where, yes, they have to win all four games. Uh, they have other results to go their way. And they need at least a couple of really mm. massive wins. And the fact that they're facing England only on Friday, they face Sri Lanka here in Perth tomorrow, but that England game is Friday. So that, is, that will decide it, right? If you lose it, you're out. Uh, but again, they can't take Sri Lanka lightly either. So yeah, I mean, their chances have become pretty, or looking very slim at the moment, uh, but they just have to take it one game at a time. But yeah, that blow has landed up really. Uh, it's, it, it is a painful blow to Australia. Were you surprised by the way it unfolded? Uh, I was slightly. Um, I expected, um, you know, the, their bowling attack to kind of start pulling things back uh, even yeah. better than they did. Yes, they did. But again, in, in the death overs, uh, you know, there were a lot of runs leaked. Uh, but the batting, uh, look, I mean, there's been so much debate about whether Steve Smith should play or not. We found out the other day why he should. Uh, because if Warner or Finch don't fire, uh, you're left with a bit of sameness to the rest of the batting lineup. Everybody comes and just plays their shots. And as we've seen, as we saw in that game with Devin Conway, and yesterday with the way Virat Kohli and Hardik Pandya batted, you need someone in there, like, you know, a, a glue which will keep everything together. And I think that's where Steve Smith comes in. So, uh, yeah, quite disappointing how, uh, like, toothless their batting looked as well. Uh, and a lot of questions to be answered for Australia. Uh, I understand what you're saying. It's not the view that's shared by Ricky Ponting, though. He thinks Cameron Green would be the answer. Ooh. Oh, I guess. I mean, if if you want, if you are looking at all rounders, just the form he's been in. Mm. If Marsh is not bowling, uh, then then why not Cam Green? And I think Sri Lanka could be a good game for them to experiment with it. Uh, and Ricky Ponting obviously knows what he's saying. Uh, I know he gets T20 cricket better than most. Uh, but it's, he's not a bad option uh, either uh, to bring in for, I guess, the Mitchell Marsh. Uh, but again, you're putting a lot of uh, you know uh, pressure on a very young kid. Uh, who's yeah he has taken the T20 world by storm, uh, but to play that kind of role, like you know to to play the holding role, which I think will be very important in these conditions going forward. Ah, pressure makes diamonds. We always love chatting to you, Barat. We're enjoying your coverage on SEN. Uh, there's a match underway at the moment: Bangladesh up against the Netherlands. Bangladesh uh, rule out for one or oh, eight for one forty-four. Uh, the Netherlands four for thirty-six. We look forward to chatting to you again, Barat. Thanks for your time today. No worries, guys. Yeah, I'll take at least a couple of days to soak this all in. <laughs> really? Well, it was big. 90,000 at the G, Pakistan and India. Mm. And but played... Barat knows that yep. emotional aspect about mm. India and Pakistan and to see two fervent supporter bases able to yeah. enjoy an event in one sporting location is remarkable considering it won't happen on the subcontinent. I don't know. I don't say it flippantly. Why can't we all live in peace and harmony? Vladimir, if you're uh, listening. Hey, some great text. What? <laughs> he loves the show. Does he? Yeah. I want to ban him. You do? Yeah. Don't oh. don't think that sort of person should listen to us. Michelangelo Rucci, known oh, as the Oh, that's Rooch, it. I'll be on the list now, that, won't I? Yes, I'll give you his home oh, address. I'll be proud right. to be on that list. No. All right. Yes, let's not get political. <laughs> Stuff him, though. <laughs> Just after five o'clock, Kimbo on the Roots with you on a Monday afternoon. We're live from Studio Lumo SA, all thanks to Hyundai. Why don't you tech drive a Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive today? Looking forward to chatting to our next guest, Roots. This young lady has a wonderful story to tell, and she was instrumental in the victory against the Cats on Friday night after kicking a miraculous goal. Had a little Gaelic touch about it too, Roots. How did they get themselves out of this one? They keep... 
finding a way, the Crows. Because they're a good side. Mm. And uh, in her debut year, Neve Kelly from Ireland via the West Coast Eagles joins us. Neve, thank you for your time. Thanks very much for having me on. Absolute pleasure. We're looking forward to this chat. Let's go back to the start. Where were you born and how did you end up getting to Australia to play Aussie rules? Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually from Ireland in a place called Mayo. Um, and yeah, I played Gaelic football since I was about five or six years old. And yeah, I suppose in 2019, I got the opportunity to come across and, and play FLW with West Coast Eagles. So, um, yeah, I just got recruited from basically playing Gaelic, um, which, yeah, I've played all my life. And then, yeah, I had three great seasons with West Coast Eagles. And, yeah, I came across to Adelaide this season, and I've absolutely been loving my time here. Um, yeah, the people are incredible here. And, yeah, just been learning from some of the best um, in the competition. So, yeah, really enjoying my time here with Adelaide. But, well, we'll yeah, get not, your, not your typical story. <laughs> we'll get into your, uh, your your form at the moment because you've had a little bit of leg speed and a bit of dash, which is great. Um, but when did you first become aware of Australian rules football? Now, obviously, men have been uh, cross-coding for some time now, going back to the great Irishman yeah. and Jim Steins. But when did you find out about Aussie rules? At what age? Because you're 27 now. Yeah, so usually when um, before the season was brought forward, I used to spend six months of my time out in Australia and then I'd go home for six yeah. months. So I'd go home and I'd play Gaelic football and I'm a, a teacher back at home as well. So oh. I do some relief teaching. But um, this time around now, I just went home for three months and I'm going to stay out for the full year now because my partner is coming out in two weeks' time and we're going to maybe do a small bit of travelling in the off-season and, yeah, then we'll, um, we'll just stay out in Adelaide and... Um, yeah, we, my sister is in Melbourne as well, so we might go out and visit her for Christmas. So, yeah, it's um, it's been interesting kind of moving over and back for the last three years um, because with, with COVID as well, my partner wasn't able to get out to Australia, yeah. but now this year he is. So, yeah, going to move my life out here for a year and see how it goes. And, now, well, um, Neve, you, and then, well yeah, welcome. You, yeah, you mentioned your, your sister, one of the best names in the business, Grace Kelly. Now, uh, is still playing for St Kilda because <laughs> you play St Kilda this week. Yeah, that's right, actually. Um, so, yeah, we played against them on uh, Saturday. Yep. So, my sister's actually injured at the minute, so she won't uh, be playing. But I was really looking forward to playing against her and giving her an old hit. <laughs> 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 but, um, no, she, yeah, she'll be there at the game, though. Um, so, yeah, it'll be definitely different because we're not used to playing on, on different teams. But, um, yeah, no, it'll be good. My mum is actually over from Ireland at the minute as well, so... I've heard convinced that she's only allowed to wear a crow's top. Um, so, yeah, that would be, that'd be <laughs> so, good. So, so, so Neve, why, why didn't you do a package deal that the both of you came to Adelaide? Um, yeah, so we, the two of us played with West Coast Eagles for three years. Yeah. Um, and we both moved club this season. Um, so, yeah, she moved to, to St Kilda and I moved here. So, um, yeah, Jesus, um, we've spent nearly all of our lives together. So we've some breathing space now for a while. Okay, okay. yeah, fair <laughs> um, enough. But no, it's brilliant. It, it yeah. makes every time we do meet up that bit sweeter as well. So, yeah. yeah. So, Neve, in the playing programs, have you found much difference between the West Coast Eagles and the Adelaide Crows, who have been hugely successful? Yeah, um, since being here, um, I just, I suppose it's been absolutely brilliant to be surrounded by such elite athletes. Uh, but, like, I've just learned so much of my time here already. So I suppose the intensity of training is is huge here. Um, there's so much help from all of the coaches and staff and, and all of the girls as well. So, um, yeah, I love my time at West Coast as well. But, um, yeah, I just thought from moving to Adelaide, it could just, I suppose, increase my my knowledge of the game and, um, 
yeah, I've been absolutely loving it here. And, um, yeah, a little bit different. Um, I suppose the intensity would be the biggest difference. The biggest really. thing. Now, what yeah. about the coach, yeah. uh, Matthew Clark, better known as The Doc? Uh, how are you coping oh. with his dad jokes? He's famous for his dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got some terrible dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he won't mind me saying that. But, um, no, he's brilliant. I've absolutely loved um, his coaching style. And, um, yeah, I learned so much from him already. And, yeah, even the first couple of conversations I had with him, I kind of knew that, um, yeah, I'd I'd love and thrive in his, um, in his coaching. So yeah, loving it, loving him as a coach, and yeah, all the coaching staff and and all the girls have been great too, and um, yeah, it's it's been brilliant. I tell you, you've had some ups and downs in your first nine weeks at the club. You did that match-winning tackle where you dislocated your shoulder, and the uh, that saved the game. Uh, and then on the weekend, a beautiful snapshot around the body with a very Gaelic kicking style. It was an absolute beauty. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, ups and downs. That's all part of sport. Um, but yeah, I suppose I was, yeah, unfortunate to, to pick up the, the shoulder injury in, in round four. But um, yeah, I've been able to manage it. Um, the backroom staff have been brilliant here, the physios and, and S&C. So um, they've micromanaged me to, to be able to get back out there and play, which has been brilliant. So um, yeah, I was lucky to get on the end of that one like CP or Danielle Ponter got a, a brilliant goal at the weekend as well and um, yeah everyone just played their role for the team and I just kind of mm. happened to be on, on the end of that one so I'll uh, interpret yeah, I'll like, interpret that one because you do speak very quick with your accent the, the Roach that was a brilliant goal from Danielle Ponter yes. four bounces oh, yes. four <laughs> bounces yeah not bad <laughs> Neve, you're yeah, part of a uh, team that won't ever ever give up on a game and to do it without Chelsea Randall, your inspirational captain is just extraordinary what happened against Geelong. Why is it that there is this spirit among the Crows group that you just don't let a game slip? Yeah, it's unbelievable really. Like there was definitely parts of that game, like it was a great contest and there was definitely areas where, you know, Geelong had dominance as well, but we were just able to hold on and I suppose the girls just kept their composure um, and yeah, just kept their heads and um, kind of just as kind of played in the present moment really which um, ultimately got us over the line so yeah obviously it's very disappointing not to have Chelsea on the ground there the last day just not only for her playing ability but for her leadership that she brings to the team as well and I suppose yeah one of the most pleasing elements of the game really was just to play in a tight contest and to find the composure when it, it wasn't going our way and, and to bring it home in the end so um, that's something that, that I suppose the Crows are, are really really good at um, being able to just grind out a really hard game and yeah we got over the line at the end which was which was very teasing. The competition the standard is improving at a rate of knots it's going 100 miles an hour and it's very tight you've got one game to go uh, you need to beat St Kilda to assure yourself of the double chance in the top four I'm sure that'll yeah. be impressed upon the playing group tonight. Yeah definitely it's, it's great that we've uh, an eight-day break before St Kilda so yeah we'll have a, a solid week of training on the track before this game and we'll do we'll do that again next week as well um, but yeah just to ensure that we're prepared for this last game of, of the season and um, yeah it's just really important that we keep training hard as a group because you know we want to keep improving and, and get where we need to be as well because there's always areas of our game that we, we can improve on so um, yeah hopefully this weekend goes well and um, it's actually it's Alicia Jones, it's her um, 50th game at the weekend as well, so we'll get around her for, for this game against St Kilda too. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy how quickly the season has gone, but, yeah, we'll just put our heads down and, and try and get the win against St Kilda. Well, I know you've only been here about three months, but uh, what's your favourite thing about South Australia? What have you seen or what have you fallen in love with? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, 
you've got frog cakes, which I have never heard of before in my oh, life. Balfour's frog Balfour's cakes. the frog cakes. Oh, well done, Dave. They are a sponsor of our show. They've been baking people happy since 1853. <laughs> I just think they're the funniest thing ever, yeah, so... But we'll get you some of those. I'm a brand ambassador for Balfour, so I'll look after you there, Neve. Neve, may I ask, as someone from Ireland, do you avoid Irish pubs when you're away from Ireland? Um, I probably, I haven't seen many of them here. I've seen two of them here actually in Adelaide, but um, I saw one in Handorf the last day and um, it was actually lovely to hear an Irish accent away from home. So okay. I feel like, yeah, when you when you hear an Irish um, accent, I suppose you feel a little bit at home. But um, yeah, I might have to try one out at the end of the season. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> we could do bad ones like that. I know, yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, I should have picked Ooh. a different line. <laughs> Neve, it is a delight <laughs> to talk to you. Hopefully, we'll chat again. We're glad you're enjoying your stay in Adelaide, and we wish you all the very best with the family reunion on the weekend and also again, St Kilda. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thanks very much for having me on. Oh, no, thank you. Neve. Cheers to you. There you go. Neve Kelly, what a beauty. And what about her sister's name? Grace, Grace Kelly. Kelly. Injured uh, at the moment. Mm. But uh, has injected some leg speed into the Adelaide squad, Rooch. Which is always powerful in our game, speed. Yeah. So as we said earlier, the Adelaide Crows sitting in third place at the moment. It's, it's Brisbane, Melbourne, Adelaide, Richmond. And then the remainder of the top eight, which is still up for grabs, Collingwood, North Melbourne, Geelong and Bulldogs. I get the feeling Adelaide will land in third place. Yeah, and then probably play Melbourne in a qualifying final somewhere in Melbourne. Yeah. We're live and interactive. If you want to have your say, 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 um, 0427154166. And for the record, Neve's name is spelt, how would this be for a trivia quiz, Rooch? Her Christian name, Neve, N-I-A-M-H. How that ends up as Neve? I will never know. Well, we'll get you onto the Welsh language eventually. Thank you. See how you go with that. A Balfour's in one hand and your team colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all-wheel drive. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roots. 5.19, almost done for another day. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech Drive, a Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel all-wheel drive. They are wonderful vehicles. We've got a breakfast for a lot of the dealer principals with Hyundai tomorrow morning, Rooch. Yes, bright and early. 8 o'clock start. Will you be okay? Yes, I'll be. I'm Cough's cooking. gone. I'm cooking. Are you? Yes. Really? I'll be making eggs and bacon for everyone up in the wonderful. boardroom. I uh, enjoyed that chat with Neve Kelly. Uh, what is it about the Irish? They're just so accommodating and... Yes. Whimsical and enjoyable to listen to. Uh, Matt from Brisbane has sent through a text. He said, I had something similar to a frog cake recently in Ireland. I reckon that's where they originated. Now, Matt, um, I'm involved with Balfour's. And what was it, three years ago, Roach, they brought out the history of Balfour's starting back in 1853. I'm pretty sure they were the creators of the original frog cake. But I'll find the book. But I I can understand... The text message. Yep. Probably something revolving around marzipan and sponge cake. Very yeah. good player. Marzipan. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, okay. Oh, first cough for the day. I don't know yeah, why I said that. Um, yeah. Well, you made a joke. You laughed. That's what brings it on. Yeah, it does. Oh, I've been good all weekend. About time. Um, 
Can the Irish lass explain the holding the ball rule? Because I have no idea. No, Mario no, from Maslin's no, Beach. That, that, is, and that is even more confusing in AFLW than it is in AFL. Do you think? Oh, yeah. I think they'd be more consistent with it. That doesn't well, mean they're three correct games with it too often. Mm. Hey, Roach, we've got to look after our good friends at McGain Real Estate. Oh, sold yes. by McGain again. They help, yes. ke- help keep us employed. Yes. Mike Dobbin and the team. Catching up with Dobbo this Saturday, in oh, fact, Roach. Really? Still another... Day where he's doing no work. Is no, it? he'll be Leaving working. It all to Zoe he'll Ball, be working he? in the morning. Really? And, yeah, he'll be joining us. At How do you define working with Mike Dobbin? Rich, you're very harsh on me. <laughs> um, how many opens did they have on the weekend? Thirty-three. 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 Yes. Thirty-three. How many groups of buyers went through? Four hundred and fifty-five. Wow. Um, how many offers were made on those thirty-three properties? One hundred and seventeen. Gee, it does make it hard if you're in the market to buy one when so many people are still keen, doesn't yeah, but, it? But Mike will look after you. Yeah. Oh, no question of that. Uh, and about eighteen of them have already sold. Yes. That's why everywhere you go, there's a sign popping up saying "Sold by McGain again." So if you're looking at buying or selling, they are a wonderful organisation. They are proudly South Australians. They come from humble beginnings, and they work their backside off to make sure you are looked after. Uh, Roach, oh, I lost it. What? What did you lose now? Oh, no, I had a text, and I'm going to have to paraphrase. I wanted to get to it because you spoke to Brett Ratton. And no, well, I don't want to give away everything in the no, discussion. No, I, I understand, understand that, that. But the person wondered whether he'd be a good fit if he'd be in the right frame of mind to go to Essendon as an assistant coach. Yeah, he'd be a good fit anywhere, Kim, but he's got to work through what has happened at St Kilda. And if we know, and he, he says it completely blindsided him. Mm. You, you need... That famous word, closure, before you move on to the next chapter. I hope he gets to it very quickly. Yep. And, and he's, yeah, he's going to have to work through a fair bit of it because it, 93 days after you've been rehired, told everything is going the way it should be, you're sacked. And, yeah, there's a few questions that probably never get answered, but you've got to work your way you've through You've got them. to find a way of getting closure because if it turns into resentment, that is not a good emotion to have. And, and what about the other one? So Ben Rutten, right now, and mm. he does have a new gig at Richmond, he'd be sitting there looking at this Essendon oh, review update that's yes. been sent out by Dave Barham, the president. Just Guess out. what it confirms, Kim? That Ben Rutten was working with a football department that was understaffed, that the players weren't fit. That's not Ben's fault, surely. No, not Ben. No. So all of a sudden now they've worked out they're going to hire more people in the football department. They're going to get in a new position of general manager of performance and head of development, which will make Brad Scott's job easier. Well, Ben Rutten can walk away from Essendon and say, thank heavens I'm away from such a mob because they let him down completely. Well, how farcical is it? It just highlights, this has just been released now from David Barham. This is the letter from the president for the external review update. So they've only got the external review update now, or they're releasing that information, yet they sacked their coach prior to all the information being no, delivered. No, Kim, there's a heap of reviews that were done at Resson. The first one, of which also included that uh, American expert who didn't have his report ever sent to the board, concluded that the issue wasn't with Ben Rutt, but they sacked him. Mm. Then David Barham comes in under the viper's nest change of Essendon and says, I want an external review that doesn't look at what we're doing internally, but where we don't match with everyone else in the AFL. Now it's come, oh, we're short in our football department. Yeah, How is Ben ever going to work in that environment? Uh, he wasn't. It wasn't handed well. Here's a text. How's Mike Dobbin's pet raccoon going? Does it oh. still like sitting on top of his head? Yeah, oh. that, that's Dobbo and his little uh, toupee. Oh, dear. Um, 
Justin Langer would have enjoyed the Kiwi display. <laughs> Caught up with Justin over in Melbourne. All right, that's our show. Uru, everyone. Good night. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91.